Welcome to the NJ Criminal Podcast. Right? Nobody wants me to be 93 years old going to court. If I'm doing that, we've made some we've made some big mistakes along the way. Being an attorney is a different type of lifestyle. It is. Um, but that being said, when we talk about this pivot conversation, being an attorney is also a conversation that I just had with another attorney that you know, whose name I won't mention uh, the other day. It's one of the only uh, professions where getting older is actually a good thing because your skill set, your demeanor, your temperament. Uh, yeah, your demeanor, your temperament, your skill set, your experience, and life experience adds to that as well. So you and I meet each other in the year 1999-ish in Philadelphia. 2000. 2000. We are drastically different people, drastically different lawyers, and if we did this again 10 years from now, we're not like getting lesser. You're only getting better because of the experiences, of the relationships, and being able to constantly pivot and say, well, I'm going to add a new practice area. I'm going to move into a different uh, county. I'm going to develop this relationship, get involved with politics or get involved with the Bar Association. And there's so many different ways that it goes, right? But at the end of the day, um, whereas if you are an athlete, you, you can't compete at a certain point, it's not feasible, right? If you are, you know, if you're the Rolling Stones, they can still tour and they do their, their music from, but they're not making new music that like moves the meter. And I guess therein lies the Run DMC comparison. Right. Le well, you and I though were talking the other day when I was here and we were talking about, you know, this idea of, um, knowing when to go to trial, knowing when to take risks, knowing um, when and how to make different decisions. And um, I, I think that it's important to know when and how to do that. And making, you know, making conversation with people leads to making relationships with people. And like I know for me, uh, my decision first to go into private practice but then having a really strong connection to my hometown, which led me to open up an office there, um, led me to develop this podcast, led me to join, you know, the Chamber of Commerce, the um, the Rotary, making those types of connections in back in my hometown, my roots, right, so to speak, and that has led to a lot of really good relationships for me. So it's it's Im it's important. Um, I think to know when to take a risk, when to make a change and knowing how to do that. And that, that only comes though from really following your gut. Soul searching, being self-aware. And, and not worrying too much about what somebody else might say, right? Because at the end of the day, it comes down to, to you as the, as the lawyer. And we, what I was getting at was the other day we were talking about how we are problem solvers. Yes. Okay. And so that to be a good lawyer, you do have to be a, a good 
you have to be a good lawyer, you have to be a good business person, but I think most of all, you have to be a good problem solver. And that skill translates to other opportunities. A hundred percent. And in the context of the risks, when we talk about that in the, as a lawyer, when you are dealing with a client and the risks associated with that client are, um, whether to go to trial and expose themselves to, you know, whatever a potential sentence could be or a conviction versus, you know, trying to resolve a case and, and minimize all of that or avoid it altogether. You're a problem solver. You're trying to solve their problems. And some of the clients are the ones that would say, we're going to bet it all on the Eagles, win, lose, or draw. And you and I have both been on the winning sides of those bets and the losing sides of those bets. And I don't know that that is a good way to ever solve a problem. You need money to pay your bills. You don't go to the casino and bet it all on red. That's not a sound solution to your problem. Yeah, you could double your money like that or you could lose it like that. That's not, nobody's going to say, I got, that's what you should do. You've got a thousand, but you really need to go to the casino and bet on red. And if you win, well, then the question is, well, what happens if you lose? Now you, now you well, got nothing. We are we are counselors, right? Um, the uh, the old consigliere, right? Yes. Uh, oftentimes, we get involved with people after they've made their bad decision. The the key is to be able to guide them going forward. Correct. Um, and you know, sometimes people want to take things to trial, and we. Don't think it's a good idea, but it's their decision at the end of the day, and they have to do it. But that that idea of of being a problem solver um, is is one I think that's that's important. And here we are. So I'm going to make an announcement that I wasn't going to do, but I will do it because I think it it dovetails off of exactly what you and I have been talking so about. So this is you're making an announcement, a personal am. announcement. I am. On the centennial episode of your podcast, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give the floor to you on your show so that you can make that announcement. Well, thank you. I, and again, it, it falls right in line with this conversation. Um, having developed these relationships in my hometown of Bridgeton, um, I had. I uh, actually interviewed on my podcast for Bridge the Bridgeton Beacon uh, last year, uh, a gentleman by the name of Paul Ritter. Uh, and uh, Paul Ritter, I, I've known uh, him and his family, and he's known my family for a really very, very long time. Uh, his family uh, owned and operated the PJ Ritter Company, which was a uh, catsup manufacturing company in Bridgeton that employed a lot of people for a long time. My father actually worked there uh, back before I was even born. Um, and Paul is the president and CEO of Cumberland Mutual, which is a mutual insurance company. It's based out of Bridgeton, uh, almost 180 years old, uh, has mutual, it, it, it has agents, it's a mutual insurance company, but it has agents in four different states, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland, and Delaware. Uh, and it's a, it's a, a great organization. And uh, he had asked me, uh, sometime last year, if I would ever be interested in um, coming to work for them, and you know, I so oh, such an honor to be asked to 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 be considered for something like that. 
Um, but I've really worked very hard at developing my, my practice of, you know, I w actually, and I had just realized this, you're not going to believe this, but today, what's today's date? Two seven, February 7th. Okay. Tomorrow, February 8th would be, uh, the beginning of year six. It's my, it's my fifth year anniversary of having my law firm okay. today as we're having this conversation, okay. which I actually just realized, but in any yeah. event, happy anniversary. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, and so an opportunity has presented itself. Uh, and I actually, uh, went in and spoke with them in a little bit more detail about it. And I have been offered a position at Cumberland Mutual in their legal department. Uh, and I have accepted it now. Um, that being said, I still have a very busy practice. And so, um, I, uh, they, they really wanted me to, in an orderly fashion, close my practice. And so I am going to be doing that. So anybody who's listening, it's a client of mine. Don't worry. You're, you're still safe with me for the next several months, but I am happy to announce that I'm going to be joining Cumberland Mutual. Uh, and as an, and, and this is a big change, clearly going in house for a, a company. Uh, and we've known people that have done a it. A big pivot. A big pivot. And it's one of these decisions that it feels right. You know, for me to be asked to uh, have a position of trust uh, with a place like Cumberland Mutual is one of those opportunities that doesn't come down the road every single day. Uh, and so it was a, a decision that I gave a lot of thought to. Uh, it was an honor to be asked and it was an honor to accept it. Uh, but clearly a big pivot. And, and you think to yourself, wow, well, you know, you, here, here you are, you have a, a practice that's been successful, that's done really well. Well, you know, I think a lot of the skills that enabled me to develop a, a practice like I've had, um, I'm going to take with me 100%. over to Cumberland Mutual. And, and you're going to get more skills. Right. Just like you accumulated mm -hmm. skills at the in the Philadelphia DA's office, in the Cape May County Prosecutor's office, in private. You're, you're adding to your toolbox with every exactly. step and every pivot. And I think that for you, first of all, Congratulations. Thank right? you. That's a, Thank you. Um, that is a very significant pivot. And um, I think you're going to do amazing there. And they are very lucky to have you. Um, I will miss seeing you in and around the courthouses. Uh, well, I'm going to keep the podcast going. It's something that I have really enjoyed. I'm actually going to be for NJ Criminal Podcast seeking out some guest hosts. So if you uh, are interested in hosting. Um, I'll be like your Joan Rivers. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I'm certainly gonna keep uh, the Bridgeton Beacon going. And, and the reason is that I've loved it. I've loved sitting down with people at a table, having conversations about how they got to where they are, uh, where they see themselves going. Um, I think it's really important to have those conversations. I have a question for you. I'm thinking about, um, for both of my podcasts, uh, adding video. Mm. So, um, you know, I've got this office space up in Bridgeton now. I got to figure out what I'm going to do with. I'm thinking about adding some video and allowing, hey, businesses to come in, sit down, 
fire up the mics and the video cameras and and talk about their business and that's a that's a little bit of a pivot for, that is for pivot. each of these podcasts so what do you think about that i think it's great i think that people like um they like hearing things they like seeing them more um and with places now like youtube where you can put a channel up mm -hmm. i can i can see it i can hear it um i can experience and that's it. exactly it i'd put it on youtube and i think it's great i think that from a practical standpoint it creates some inherent challenges by way of editing and things like that i mean your little contraption here <clears throat> looks it's a little more complicated than i would be good with because i'm not technically I, I can barely get my phone to charge but to incorporate cameras and whatnot uh, i think would make it more challenging but at the end of the day i think once you overcame those hurdles I think you would be providing your listeners slash viewers with a better experience. And I think you would be um, presenting yourself differently. And I think you'd be giving your subjects, your interview subjects, a better opportunity to present themselves. So I think it's phenomenal and it is a logical pivot for your podcasts, plural. The idea of creating a podcast, then creating a second podcast, and now talking about adding video to it is exactly what all of this is when we talk about the pivot. So pivoting from one position to another to another, and on a five-year anniversary saying, I'm pivoting now to something else, I, I think that you are similar to me in that you like the action. You like the action. Um, I know that to go back to Bill Reynolds, <clears throat> excuse me, likes the action, loves the action. Left all of it to go work in the judiciary at a time when I guess maybe he thought he wanted to slow things down, missed the action. Had to get right back on the field, whatever. It's almost like Tom Brady retiring and then it's like, what am I gonna do? Ooh, sit on the beach with my supermodel wife. <laughs> now I want to go back and get my head knocked off playing football. Right. Like yeah. well. the guy's addicted to the action. I mean, it's what it is. Um, in his world, now it's come a point when it's over. But um, I think people keep pivoting. Mm -hmm. And right. I'm excited about this new opportunity. I am because I think that this skill set that we've talked about, problem solving, managing, you know, the insurance business in and of itself is all about risk management, right? Knowing when and how to take risks. That's what insurance is. And so I, I'm excited to, to, uh, to learn this new area, especially for a place like Cumberland Mutual, which has been providing insurance services to the Bridgeton area and well beyond now for many, many, many years, and will continue to do so. So I think that you have... And you may not realize this, or you do, but you have inspired, I know there are other peers that you and I have that have started podcasts. I'm sure there will be many more that do, um, but you were the first that said, that, that I'm familiar with locally, that said, hey, I'm going to set that, you know, and that doesn't mean that um, 
there can't be 10 other people doing sure. podcasts. It's a, you know, um, what the, I think if I'm telling this boardwalk, if I'm going to talk to Boardwalk Journal one more time and put a period on it, there's another part of that story that I neglected with the Boardwalk Journal. You want to turn it into a podcast? The Boardwalk <laughs> Journal? Yeah, that would be a whole, that'd be an interesting podcast. But, so if, if you can see where we're sitting here, we are sitting in the offices of what used to be Casino Connection, which was a magazine in Atlantic City. So when I say I had the idea for the Boardwalk Journal, I, I would be intellectually dishonest if I didn't mention Casino Connection. So while I was in my office over there, which is right through those doors, there was a wall there, Casino Connection was right here where we are. And they were the official casino magazine. So when I decided to start the Boardwalk Journal, they were my neighbors. I would see them every day in the elevator, in the hallway, in the bathrooms. And when they find out what we were doing, they got angry. And I said, no, 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 no. You guys are like Sports Illustrated. Mm -hmm. Let's help each other. I'm not doing Sports Illustrated. I'm not going to become ESPN Magazine. You're, that's, your, the, that's your lane. I'm doing everything else. Restaurants, this. Now, what I was doing bled into the casinos and they knew it would and I knew it would. It was The irony was they put me on their people to watch like 2007, it was myself. It was then Assemblyman Vince Palestine and now State Senator. My uncle John Amadeo, who at the time was an Assemblyman, um, we were on their, mag you know, we were in the magazine, they profiled us, et cetera. Well, I end up doing the magazine, they end up going out of business. Not because of me, not because of me. I'm sure I didn't help, but they're talking about the casino industry here in Atlantic City. Casinos were dropping like flies. The Sands, the Trump Plaza, they're all, there's nothing to talk about. It's actually getting really bad. So we are sitting in the Casino Connection offices. And there's, so when, I, when you say that, it was like, and, and by the way, Roger Gross, who was the publisher of that magazine, still a, pub, a magazine publisher, does digital publishing. I don't, re, I don't recall the name of it. But he pretty much now does because the business pivoted and he was involved with Las Vegas before he was involved with Atlantic City. But now he is looked at as like a global publisher in the gaming industry. So what may have looked like, oh, the Casino Connection doesn't exist. He's now, a, and I, I don't even know if It was a, an opportunity that he was able to pivot and take advantage of. It's, it's, and, what, it's what we've been talking about the whole time. And so here we are in their old office, my conference room. You and I have had these conversations as lawyers on the podcast, and you're now making the decision, you know, you're making your decision. When you look back on this 10 years from now, 15 years from now, you may have done other pivots in that time frame, and I think that when when a pivotal moment, uh, you know, all of the the phrases that go with it, but I think for you to land the plane, as they say, right? We're going to land the plane. This isn't a risk because you're not going to take any 
risks. This is a measured step. This is a calculated step. And I think that for you, this is a, the next chapter. I appreciate you saying that. In your book. And your book could have ended, you graduated law school, you worked in the tax office, and then you were a Philadelphia DA, and now you'd be working for Larry Krasner, right? And it would be like, what, what is she still doing there? And you'd retire and you'd get a pension and you might live in Roxborough or Maniunk and your life, your family's life, your children's life would look drastically different. My wife and I, she started in that same office. Could have done the same thing. You could have gone there and worked and still been there. And moved into where we lived. She was working in Philly. I was working in Camden. We had children. She was raising the children. She doesn't make that pivot. My daughter isn't on her way to the university. 100% my wife making a, a sacrifice more than a pivot there. My wife is a very passionate attorney, you know, mm -hmm. all of that. But I think that life throws these things at you and how you deal with them, how you pivot, how you move, how you do. And I think that you, you, we grow. That's the goal is to grow. The opposite of growing is to stay the same. So let's say that I just stay in a nice little office in Camden and you know, there's a whole, so many things I could have done, but if I don't make those pivots. You gotta have that passion though, to know that you can and to seek out what is really best for you know you but also where you where you're going to find that fire in your belly as you talked about 100% you know and that's a really important we could write a book i mean we could we could be like the next bob levance we could be the next bob yeah, levance you know, and I, it, but it, it it is true in that being able to see that in yourself and yes. follow that passion and know that you can do it and not stay stuck in that little office in Camden or wherever um but also being able to, you know, what I always love about having our conversations, and I mean this, is that every time I sit down with you, I, I feel like I'm going to a therapist. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, it's need a, good. I need a therapist. <laughs> no, but I mean, it really, I do. And I think that's such a wonderful quality that you have. And that's, that's that, that quality you, I know, because I've seen you do it give to your clients. And that's a that's what lawyers do. That's why there are so many lawyers that we've talked about today that have been able to make, make pivots, but that have along the way impacted the people that they interact with and maybe given them a little bit of that fire and passion and showing other people that you can do what you want to do in life and be happy. A hundred percent. And listen, I think that my personal greatest contribution to my clients is not going into court and doing something with a, a ticket or a drug case or whatever. It's in the one-on-one -on -one conversation with, well, what are you doing with your life? Like, mm -hmm. what are you doing? Mm -hmm. This is a disaster, what you're doing here. What are you doing? And you realize that Many of them may have never had anybody speak to them. Not everybody wants to hear it. Right. Not everybody's looking to be saved or fixed or whatever. But it doesn't mean that you don't 
give it a shot. Right. Or or show them the potential that you see in them that maybe nobody has ever, you know, shown them before that they haven't seen in their self in themselves. With a slight pivot. Because if you're having that conversation with, let's say, a single mother who is barely paying the bills, but is paying your bill because of a guy that is in locked up and oh, you know, the lights aren't on and it's like, what are you doing? First of all, this person is, go is going to prison for, for probably five years or more. What are you doing? What is that? What, what's the end game here? You, what are we doing here? And you start to have a conversation with them and it becomes like, what, what, why don't you, are you going to school? You're working? What are you doing? Just had a conversation with a client the other day. Same thing. And sometimes the, the light bulb can go off in them. Like, yeah, what am I doing? What am I doing? And they look at us because we're attorneys and you have all these degrees on the wall that you're somehow smarter, which you're not. You're not. We're not by any means. But our approach to problems is different. We're not smarter. Our approach to problems is different. And, you know, you, you look at those videos of the kids with like the Rubik's Cube. Like you give that, I saw one that said, um, you give, you know, I give you a Rubik's Cube. You can either solve it or you've, you know, yep, you can solve it in like 20 minutes or I would be there for 20 years trying to, I, I'm never solving that Rubik's Cube. It's not in my skill set. Let alone hang. One side. I could always get a side, or maybe two sides. I couldn't hang this lamp fixture if my life, it'd be like, just kill me now. That's not getting hung because it's not outside of my skill set. Other guys can come in here and they can do that in their sleep. I can't do that. I can do what I can do. I'm good at what I can do, but you also have to know your boundaries and the parameters. And I think that that's why advocating for people, it's. Really finding solutions, finding solutions, but also maybe inspiring them to change course and to pivot in. Stop doing drugs. Don't do that. Stop doing that. Stop selling drugs and, and see what happens when you go get a job. See what happens when you're not worried about getting your door kicked in by the police or getting robbed by other drug dealers. See what happens, how that feels when you're able to support your family, and you've got, your kids can look up to you because they have a job. When they're old enough where their kids are saying, well, dad, what do you do? Oh, I sell heroin. You don't want to be in that conversation. Right. You know, and they're old enough to know that the other dads go to work and pick their kids up wearing uniforms or in a work truck, and you don't do anything all day. You, you got to pivot away from that, or you're going to go to jail, you're going to get killed, or something bad's gonna happen, it's gonna affect your child. So time to pivot is before those things happen, not after, hey, I'm gonna pivot during my 10 year prison sentence. Like, too late, dude, yeah. you know? Yeah, sometimes you just have to do it. So, you gonna copyright this phrase? No. <laughs> I think we should write a book. Listen, I'm, I, I will say, can, first of all, congratulations on your 100th centennial issue. I feel, it's a big day today. It's a today. big day. I feel like it's got, I don't know what the proper Roman numeral is, but 
Okay, I don't know to, either. You have yeah. to come up with. Okay. Oh, that's a great idea. A little graphic. Got to come up with the Roman numeral for a hundred, and um, to many more. Not to a hundred more, but to mm -hmm. many more. But also your announcement and your pivot. Um, I think that's exciting, and for you to keep your podcast going and keep feeding that fire and that passion. Um, it's great. I know I enjoy listening to your podcast. I enjoy what you extract from your guests because they are, um, they feel comfortable in sharing things and, you know, we can learn by listening to other people. And I would, I would say that virtually if you went back over every one of your people that you've interviewed, if you were to, for the next hundred, when you're interviewing them, perhaps one of the things that you could talk about would be when they pivoted in whatever it is that you're talking to them about. So if it's a uh, state trooper that used to work at the you know lower township police department and pivoted to join the state police and then became a, a lieutenant and now pivoted is now a private investigator there's like five pivots that happened there. Mm -hmm. Why, how, what made you? And then I think the people that are listening might think, huh, that, that's- it's not, it's not as scary as I thought it was. That decision that I think I'm gonna make to join Cumberland Mutual, it's not a risk, it's a pivot. There are risks. I mean, we talked about the casino. Yeah, we, we can do a lot of things that are risky or we can do pivots. And I think here, your, your decision to pivot from the Cape May County Prosecutor's Office worked. You turned that into a successful criminal practice, a practice in general, and you, you created two podcasts. Being in that space opened this door for you. The best way to follow, subscribe, rate, or message the show is to visit njcriminalpodcast.com. Podcasting is a powerful sales tool with digital marketing benefits. If you're interested in law firm podcasting, simply dial 239-351-5575 and ask for Tom. That's 239-351-5575. Or go to lawfirmpodcasts.com to schedule a call.